Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. Today's guest is truly a delightful person. And if you have been to the Vine Church in person, you have probably heard her sing at one time or another. And that is one of the things I actually really look forward to about going to church because she has an amazing voice. In this interview, she shares things about her life that I had no idea because I don't, I didn't really know her very well. So it was just so fun getting to know her. She talks about how she had her baby when she was only 14 years old. She talks about her quote unquote sinner saint grandmother (laughs) who I wish I could have met. And at the end, what's bringing her joy is something that I didn't even know existed, but I am really glad that I know now. So I think you will be too. (laughs) My guest is Giovanna Thomas, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much, Giovanna, for saying yes to this interview, because I know that it felt a little bit of a stretch for you. You were like, oh, at least that's how I interpreted your text. (laughs) Well, so I tell people all the time, like, I have a really loud personality. I just don't want everybody to hear it. Um, I often come across to people as being extremely extroverted, which I am not. Uh Um, I'm probably more of like an omnivert where I can adjust according to the environment. But Uh I, if I had my rathers, I would like when I'm conversing with someone, I would rather ask open-ended questions so I don't have to talk a lot, especially about myself. (laughs) Okay. Well, well, I appreciate you agreeing to this then because I am going to be asking you the questions. So I'm looking forward to this though, because I have been wanting to get to know you better. And I'm sure there are other people at our church that feel the same way. So let's just start by you telling me a little bit about who you are, kind of where you're from, your family of origin. Um, that kind of a thing. Okay. Uh, my name is Giovanna Thomas, um, and I am, I'm 43 years old. Um, <laughs> my birthday is June 27th. Yes, I accept all gifts and all the things. <laughs> I really like my birthday, so I like big deal it. Like I have birthday parties. Last year at work, I did like, I brought a backdrop with balloons and stuff to take pictures. Oh, that and I is wore a formal so formal gown and a crown. Like, I don't mess around. Born and raised in Tacoma. And I, my, I was raised by my parents, my mom and dad. And um, my dad is, uh, he's actually my, not my biological father, but he's, that's my dad. And then I have, um, through my dad, I have a brother and sister who lived primarily with their moms, um, but they would come on weekends, school holidays, summertime. And then also I would go spend the night with them and, you know, their families. And, um, and then my parents raised two of my cousins. They were the same age. <clears throat> they were 10 when they came and then left about 
graduation. So they were, because I know it was sometime during their senior year, just before graduation. Um, and so they lived with us. Um, and uh, otherwise, let me see. So I'm a mom. Um, I have given birth to one child. We collectively have five. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I was a teenage mom. I had my daughter at 14. And so that was hard. <laughs> but after I've been married, um, divorced, and married again, um, Tommy and I have been together now. This will be 17 years this year. We landed in the Tri Cities due to work. Tommy works out at Hanford. And so we are, um, we were temporarily here for about 12 years before we figured out it probably wasn't going to be temporary. So we bought a house. And <laughs> we're here. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. And so That's now awesome. it's just, we're empty nesters. So it's just us and the dogs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so you've been in the Tri-Cities for 15 years now. Wow. 15 years. We so most were thinking about like, we were just talking about it because May 1st came and I was like, I remember when we came here, it was May 1st, 2005. And I was like, wait a minute, carry the one plus four. <laughs> and and there was, it was like, gosh, 15 years. And I'm like, it seems like longer at times. Like it seems like we've been here longer, but 15 yeah. years. Well, 15 been... years is a long time. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so you are a document specialist, right? So tell me about that. I work for a pain management specialty. And when I started there, I was doing referrals, the incoming referrals. So anytime a provider referred their patient to pain management, I was processing referrals. Um, And I work in the call center, which is in our admin office. Um, But under the call center, uh, is uh, medical records, um, incoming referrals, and then what I currently do, which is um, a document specialist. And I'm, I provide backup for the referral coordinators if they're behind, um, then I will process referrals. <clears throat> but my job is basically, um, we have three clinics, one in the Tri-Cities, one in Spokane, and or in the Spokane Valley, and the other in New Mexico. And every um, we get we do electronic faxes, and so every fax that comes in, I process. So every fax that comes in, I touch it, figure out what it is, where it needs to go, and whether it needs to go to someone in the company, whether it just needs to go to the patient chart. So I process all the documents that are sent to the office. When we were still in the office and not working like reduced hours and that, um, we figured it out that. I'm processing about 5,000 documents a month. That's so a lot. Like, yeah, so just over 1,000 a week. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. So did yeah. that transfer for you to be able to work from home? Did that work out pretty well then? Oh, yeah, because I don't really deal with anybody. Like, I, even though I'm in the office, nobody's 
other than me making sure that when the documents come in, I send them in a timely fashion, things like uh, prescription refills, prior authorizations, the referrals that are coming in, I'm responsible for relabeling them and sending them to where they need to go. Um, but otherwise, like nobody's job is predicated on my job other than that. So I don't have to deal with anybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So doing it from home is that I could easily do this job and not talk to anybody except the IT guy. So how did you, how and when did you connect with the Vine Church? So Tommy and I were having a conversation about, we were just talking about church and like we would occasionally listen to like church services online. And it was like, we would have conversations and we both knew that we had a certain level of belief, but I hadn't been in a church in close to 20 years. Church burned, I think, is just the best way to describe it. I had been church burned, and so I hadn't been inside an actual building and part of a congregation in probably 20 years. And so Tommy had expressed um, the desire to be baptized. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm open to finding a church and, you know, becoming a part of a church family. Like I was never closed to the idea. Um, we knew that we didn't want to, you know, we had criteria, like we didn't want to be a part of a congregation that was so large that we got lost in the fray. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to the good old internet and started <laughs> started searching for churches in the area and just kind of based on the websites, we were like, okay, well, we'll go visit this one and then we'll go visit this one and, you know, that kind of thing. So we had our list set up and we went to visit the Vine, I want to say it was in February of 2015. The church was only like four months old. They had just started that previous October. Wow. Um, yeah. And so we went, um, we came, we went to visit at the Vine and never left. Just, it was like, it felt, um, it felt good there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that Tommy and I both had, um, a lot of stuff that we have, have experienced in our lives, you know, um, as it pertains to church and religion and, you know, relationship with God and that sort of thing. And so, um, we were in different places, but it was just, it felt good to be in that space and the people, um, it, the people felt good. And so it was like, let's just, let's go a couple times and see how we like it. And then we just were there. Yeah. Yeah. You've been a part of it from the start pretty much. Yeah. It was uh, that when I think about it, I'm like, gosh, we have like, we've been there almost from the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. So um, tell me what are some of your hobbies and interests? I really, really, really like I sing all the time. Singing is for me is a lot of things. Like it's it's something I do all the time. Um, but like I sing when I don't feel good. And like when I say that, I mean like emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I sing when I'm happy. I sing when I see people in love. I sing like that's. <laughs> Um, I really enjoy singing, but I also, I like to create. 
So anything that is crafty that I can do, you know, put my hands on, like I crochet, um, scrapbook. I've got a couple of pieces of furniture currently that I am working working with Tommy on, like doing a DIY revamp. Um, because a lot of times I'll have ideas, but I'm not sure of the technical part of bringing it to life. So I'll Mm -hmm. be like, I want to do such and such and such and such. What do I need to do to make that happen? Uh Tommy will be like, show me a picture of what you want to do and we'll get it, you know. Can you take me to the Home Depot? (laughs) (laughs) I like to do do DIY stuff. I like to write. I like to write like poetry. Um, And I really enjoy I don't know if this is a hobby or not, but I like to write letters like snail mail. Uh-huh. Um, I like to write letters and send cards. That's something mm-hmm. else I like to do. That is so cool. Those are a lot of, that's, that's <laughs> a variety there. That's so cool. And uh, what are you passionate about? Funny thing. Um, <laughs> as, a, as a primarily introverted person, I'm really passionate about people. Um, I enjoy the idea of bringing joy to people, like, and however that manifests, like I may buy someone, like be out shopping, see something that reminds me of someone and buy it because I like to give random gifts or send mail. That's, that was Mm -hmm. one of the things that prompted me to send mail was I like the idea that you're opening your mailbox and you have something that's not a bill or junk mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's um, something that I really like to do, but I just, I enjoy people like helping people. So if there's, mm-hmm. if I can address a need, I mean, and it can be something as simple as somebody saying, I just, you know, I can't find good socks. And then I come across a pair that are like, these are amazing. I wonder if, you know, so-and-so would like these. I'm going to buy them some socks. Like, <laughs> I, I really enjoy just giving and, you know, giving to people. Um, and whether that's my time, whether it's materially, um, mm-hmm. whether it's just a smile or a hug or a hello. Like, I really enjoy um ministering to people in whatever way I can. Yeah. Well, I can definitely see that. And I get, I get positive vibes whenever I see you. So (laughs) I know other people do too. Okay. If you could just give an overview of your faith journey, kind of where have you been and where are you now? I would love to hear your story. So I was raised going to church. Like I don't remember a time growing up ever not going to church. Like when I was younger, the church that I was in, um, we like they would fellowship with other churches for, oh, we've, our choir has been invited to sing over at such and such as church for their pastor and wife anniversary kind of thing. Like we, or other churches would be invited to our church. Um, I remember uh, just like Sundays and Wednesdays were church because Wednesday nights was Bible study and then Sundays was Sunday school and church. 
I was on the usher board. I sang in the choir. So I, church has always been a part of my life. Um, but I don't, and I don't know that I ever really had a relationship with God. Um, I definitely had a belief because I remember being a kid and like, God, God sees you everywhere. God knows all the things. So you can try to sneak and do it, but God's going to know. And then what? Then what's going to happen kind of thing. Like, <laughs> and, so, and But a lot of my adult life was spent in that same thought process. It was kind of like, oh, that was like you and your friends went out and got wasted. Like, that's bad. You need to go to church and repent. Mm. But like every week like that's yeah, yeah. like that <laughs> you know but it was like but I like I said I don't think there was ever really a relationship um in church there was a church that I went to just before I stopped going to church where I can't say it was a requirement but the expectation was that you would read the bible read through the bible completely at least once in a 365 day cycle so I can say that I have read through the Bible on more than one occasion from cover to cover. Um, so I am, fam- I don't, I don't feel like I have a vast knowledge of the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm gaining more now that I'm studying and working on relationship and that sort of thing, but I know the Bible and it wasn't until I, <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. But it wasn't until I stopped going to church that I started thinking about relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because I had a lot of church environments where it was more important that you have on stockings and a proper dress or skirt and that your hair look nice than it was that you were developing or even had a desire for or were advancing in your relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more important that um, pastor called me out because I did something good than, you know, concerned with the relationship. And then those that were into their relationship with God and it was almost like those were in the church environments I was in. Those were the people who were like, Oh, don't you better not say that to her. She's going to be, she's kind of weird, but she was just in a different place spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, churches I went to would still be like, did you see sister so-and-so in that dress girl? She looked a hot mess. Like, and so that was like the church environment was the same as my world environment. Mm-hmm. So there was never any difference, but it wasn't until I stopped going to church and just decided to focus on what I could get from the Bible, what I could get from reading and that sort of thing, reading different books and reading the Bible that I started to focus on relationship mm-hmm. um, with God, um, which is, which was important, which became, which gained an importance for me. And so um, I've been able to foster that in in my membership at the Vine, in in that you know it's just 
a, you know, like a, a group of Jesus followers just trying to figure out where you fit, where you are, mm-hmm. where you are in your journey and where you fit in, where you fit, where you are kind mm-hmm. of thing. And so that's been my process. It's just, I'm at a point now where I'm, my focus has been and is relationship as opposed to church and Mm -hmm. religion. Mm -hmm. I'm more focused on the relationship with my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I love that story. And I think a lot of people can relate to that, especially if they've been going, especially if they've gone to church their whole life or as a child. Well, and then like, if I think that also, as I develop my relationship, my life and the way that I live my life will show others what God's love looks like. And that's a, that's a goal for me. It's like, I want other people to see me. And when I talk about God, they don't go, she was just talking about somebody last week. Like I want people to look at me and go, Oh, that's what. You know, I want people, I want to be an example that of nothing more than the fact that I need God and it's manifested in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Keeping it real. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Is there a person or a life event that significantly influenced your faith journey? Um, Probably my maternal grandmother um her name was geneva and she would be an example of what i would call a sinner saint um my grandmother smoked my whole life probably her whole life too (laughs) um like we would be in the car leaving the church parking lot as soon as we would get on the road out of the church parking lot, like she's lighting the cigarette because mm-hmm. it would be sacrilegious to light it in the church parking lot. Like, and she would never smoke on the way to church because you don't want to smell like cigarettes going into church. Got it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she, my grandmother every morning would wake up and the first thing she would do, um, she would open her eyes and she would turn her feet, and bef- but before ever she left the bed, she would be like, thank you, Lord, for another day. Or, thank you, God, for allowing me another day, ten, do- 10 toes down. You know, something to that I can, every, because she always did it when we kids were there, I know it's something that she did every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, she thanked God for everything. Like, thank you, Lord, for this, you know. I thought we didn't have any baking soda. Thank God we got the baking soda. Oh, I thought that was my last roll of toilet paper. Thank you, Lord, for this toilet paper. <laughs> I wanted to get a soda, but I didn't have any money. Uh, opened my ashtray. I found $2. Thank you, Lord, for this, you know, like everything. She yeah. thanked God for everything. And she would, um, like she was always reading her Bible or singing, but she never sang. She never sang secular songs. It was always like um, religious songs or church songs, gospel songs. And it was uh, like even the her 
she had a record player. It's one of those combos that had a record player, an eight track player, and then like an AM radio. And she would play her records. And so when my mom and my uncles and aunts would tell tell the stories about my grandma and grandpa being like, they used to go to the club and they were part, they would have these parties. And I'm like, my grandma, she would <laughs> never, <laughs> she would never. Um, but always, it was always her, like God was everything, even in her, even in her sin. You know what I mean? Even in her doing things that generally people who are, you know, have their relationship with God and trying to have a more, they try to take care of their bodies. They try to, but it was like everything. She thanked God for everything. And God was in everything. It was in the way that she, um, and that, I think that's where I draw my love of trying to help people. Because if you walked in my grandmother's door, you were going to eat. You could, you need to lay down, take a nap, take your shoes off. That's fine. Go ahead and do that. You mm-hmm. need to stay here for a couple of days. I can't count how many people, countless people have had my grandmother's address, um, have eaten me, you know, come over just needing to talk and eaten meals and stayed for three days. And like, I guess I better go home. My husband's going to start to worry kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> but she was always, she just always had such a big heart and was so giving, but it was always, like she never didn't have food. She never didn't have lights and hot water. Like there was never, she never had a need. And I, I, I like to think that that's because she thanked God. She like, God was in everything that she did say, mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably didn't want her puffing the cigarettes down, but she didn't. Um, but otherwise it was just like, he was in everything that she did. And so mm-hmm. um, I always thought, I'm going to be just like her when I grow up. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She sounds amazing. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that was, that would be, I think where I draw from wh- who I drew that from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a story that, that you experienced or, or something that happened in your life where you knew that God was real? So, I'm not sure I understand. Uh-oh. Lost the connection. <laughs> Let me try that again. Siri, I'm not sure I understand. Siri's not sure she understands. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, my Google does it all the time. I'm not sure I understand. I'm like, I wasn't even talking to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, I think that just my life in general, I the area that I grew up in would definitely be considered inner city when I was growing up there. Like, it's, you know, there were gangs and drugs and we were kind of in the midst of that. Um, the home that my parents live in is the home that my grandparents bought when they first moved to Washington state from Arkansas in 1963. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the home my parents live in. And it's, it was a great neighborhood then. And then drugs and gangs came into Washington state and just kind of concentrated in this particular area. So it went down really bad, but um, there were a lot of situations that I, you know, as I, as a teenager and as a young adult that I put myself in, um, that I allowed myself to be a part of that I could have been dead, Mm. probably should have been dead in a few occasions, but 
I think one of the biggest things is just the fact that I was a teenage mom. Wasn't the first one, probably won't be the last one. But at like 14, I can barely figure out an outfit, much less mm-hmm. raising the people, mm-hmm. keeping the people alive. And so, um, you know, I think that there was a lot of, there have been a lot of situations that where I was like, you know, that wasn't nothing but God. Mm, but yeah. That one particular situation, it was like my mom, you know, my parents could have put me out, but they didn't. Um, I, my grandmother provided daycare for me until my daughter was old enough to, till she was old enough to talk. So I mm-hmm. didn't have to pay for daycare. I was able to go to school. Um, I was able to get my, you know, to graduate all with the, you know, my family it definitely took a village, but my family mm-hmm. was there. My family was supportive. Um, and I managed to keep her alive to grown up, <laughs> keep her alive. Um, but just, there were so many situations where it, I'm like, you know, you look back and you're like, I don't know how we ate because there were no groceries, but we managed to eat every day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm out of groceries and I don't get money again for another three, four days. And it would be that particular day that I would go visit my grandmother and she would have a food box put together like, oh, this was just some extras I had kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's a, oftentimes the little things that people overlook that are mm-hmm. still God. And mm-hmm. so I find that that's my focus is always the little things, because if you're waiting for the big thing, the big thing that you see that that was God, like I got somebody shot at me three times and, and missed at point blank range. Mm-hmm. Like oftentimes it's not that mm-hmm. it's, I didn't have money for food, but I ate every day until I got money. Yeah. Those are the, I think those are the things that, those little things over the years are things that let me know, like only God, only God could have provided or brought me through these different situations. Only God. Yeah. I love that perspective on the little things because it's true. And it might seem like a little thing to somebody else, but it's a big deal when God provides for you, when you're in need. (laughs) And I th- and so I'm I'm always telling people, I mean, and that kind of goes along with the relationship, but just ways that I know that God is real. I tell people all the time, like, she's like, I don't know, like we don't get paid till Wednesday and my car is on E. And then like one of the girls that this was this happened in in a situation at a job that I had. One of the girls walked in and said, My car my kid, you know, she had a teenager, is in the car across the street at the gas station. I bought this much gas. It's too much for my car. Um, but their system, they're not able to, they're not able to put it back on my card or something's going on. Does any, do you need gas? Does anybody need gas? I said, girl, you better go get in your car. <laughs> She's like, no. I said, she, look at God. He just yeah. said, you just said you're on fumes and you don't have gas. He just, somebody walked in the door, not five minutes later saying, Hey, I need somebody. I want somebody I know to have this. I don't want to just drive away from the tank. Does anybody need gas? You better go yeah. get in your car kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. 
I love that story. Yes. God, he provides and he's, he's just amazing. He's so personal. He knew she needed that gas and only he could do something like that. Right. It's not a coincidence. It's never. No, no, it's never that. So yeah, I just, (laughs) it's it's always the little things that, that let me know for sure, for sure. So I have another question uh, before I do the wrap-up questions, and it is, what is one question that you have for God? Hmm. I think early on in trying to develop a relationship with God, I would, I would have the, I don't know that they're typical for people, but I, it would be like, if there's God, if you're there, why do you allow this, this, and this to happen? Why do you allow famine? Why is there hunger and homelessness kind of questions? But as I've gained an understanding um, and a deeper relationship with God and a better understanding of his word, the question I find myself asking most often is, God, what is it that you are trying to show me in this situation? Mm. That, that is a what powerful you, question. Mm-hmm. That's so, yeah. And that's something you can ask him right now. <laughs> right. What are you trying to show me in this situation? It's, and I find that I ask that, especially when it's something that's hard or a situation that is not ideal or God, this is not how this was supposed to work in my head. Yeah. Like, what are you, what are you doing? What are you, there's obviously something that I'm missing that you're trying to show me. So what is it that you're, am I not supposed to be doing this? Am I supposed to be doing this, but doing it in a different way? Am I supposed to be doing it or doing it with, with somebody else? What is yeah. it that you're trying to show me in this situation? Yeah. So I ask that a lot when I'm having, particularly when I'm having situations where I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand. I've done ABC uh-huh. and X, Y, Z, but why is it's not lining up? What's happening? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so oh, I love that answer. That's most often. I love that answer because, because he can answer it. <laughs> it's not one of those questions that like, you'll never know the answer to. <laughs> right, right. So I'm like, what is, so what is it that you are trying to show me? reveal, make it plain. Yeah. Plain. So yeah, that is the question I find myself asking most frequently. Cool. Okay. So we're going to wrap it up and I have four questions I'm going to ask you just one right right after the other. So what is something good that's come out of this crazy quarantine time for you? If I'm being perfectly selfish, um, if I have enjoyed having Tommy home like all the things are getting done my yard is looking amazing like all the projects are getting done so plus we're like it's been we like each other and so that makes it awesome to have her here and be like hey let's have like we have lunch together every day or we have breakfast and it's so even though I'm I'm working from home you know, she's here getting the stuff done, but it's been nice to have all the extra time. Yes. Yes. That's, 
That's awesome. And you still like each other, even after all this extra time. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Oh, so what is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri-Cities? So I really, really like um, Masala. And I like to get the shrimp curry. Mm. Um, that's like, I try to order other things, but I usually end up, I'm like, Oh, let me look at all the things. And then I'm like, I'll take shrimp curry. Thank you. (laughs) I love Indian food. It's so good. So good. I made shrimp curry. I made some shrimp curry the other day and we like, it was like, okay, we have to stop eating. Like my stomach hurts. (laughs) You know what? That's one thing I've never ordered from masala. So I'm going to have to try that because I always go for the butter chicken or the chicken tikka masala, but I know you're a pescatarian. So before, before the, um, lockdown, before the stay at home, I was eating, like I would eat chicken, um, occasionally, but because we're just, we've been eating at home so much and we don't have, we don't cook meat at home. I'm just back to pescatarianism, but I butter chicken was my jam. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, What is the title of the last book you read? Oh, it was called introverts in the church. Um, Mm. there was like a subtitle, like finding your place in a, in an extroverted environment or something to that effect. Interesting. Introverts in, in the church. It was, it was really good. It was a good read. Cool. And for the final question, what is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? You know, before today I would have had a different answer, but today. My answer is Fiji's. What is a Fiji, you might ask? <laughs> yes. They are sweatpants with feet in them. And so they're sweatpants with feet in them, and the feet of them have, like, fleecy wool stuff in them. And it's, like, my heart is happy. <laughs> I have sweatpants with feet in them. It's really – because for somebody – especially for somebody who's always – leans toward the cold side. Like uh-huh. I'm always a little bit cold and it was all stormy last night. So it was a little cold in the house. I was like, this is, this is the way to live. Like oh I my need gosh. to get more beers. Yeah. I'm going to have to check those out because those sound awesome for the, like, exactly um, for that reason. They are really like sweatpants material with feet in them. It is the greatest. It's <laughs> not a, like a one B, so you don't have to worry about like trying to get it off and you gotta go potty or nothing right. like that. It's like the Stand. best of both worlds. Foot pain. <laughs> it's really PJs. the little thing. It's the little thing. <laughs> it is. It is. Well, I loved that. I loved your answers to all those questions, and it was really fun to get to know you a little bit better. It was a lot of it was not painful. Good. I'm so glad. Ah, see, wasn't that a great conversation? She is so fun. (laughs) Oh, I just love her. And I loved her message throughout that whole time. It's the little things, right? It's the little things that matter. 
It's the little things that God pays attention to also. And now I need to Google Fijis and uh, get myself a pair of those awesome sounding foot pants. <laughs> hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.